Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Bleeding Green Nation, and welcome back to another edition of Eye on the Enemy, powered by SB Nation and Bleeding Green Nation. I'm your host, John Stolness. You can follow me on Twitter at John Stolness. Well, we are coming up on a Monday night football game, Eagles versus the Bucks in Tampa, a battle of two undefeated titans of the NFC, or at least one of them is a titan of the NFC. But the Buccaneers are 2-0. Uh, they've beaten the Vikings and the Bears, and so they come into this game feeling pretty good about themselves. And so we'll break this game down coming up here in just a couple of minutes with Trevor Sikama, who is the lead NFL draft analyst for Pro Football Focus. And uh, we'll get his thoughts on how he thinks Tampa's offense will take on Sean Desai's defense, which is rattled a little bit with some injuries. Of course, Avante Maddox out for the year with the torn peck. N'Kobe Dean still on the sideline, but but the team is going to get back uh, Reed Blankenship and James Bradbury. So uh, not quite the mash unit that we saw in the second half of last week's game against the Vikings, where the defense just barely held on thanks to the offense's running game, uh, getting things done. We'll also talk about uh, how the Bucks defense and Todd Bowles, who is an outstanding defensive coordinator and had Jalen Hurts' number a couple years ago in the playoffs. What are they going to do to slow down this Eagles rushing attack? And, if they decide to transition to shutting down the rushing attack, can the Eagles passing game wake up for the first time this year? What's Jalen Hurts going to look like? Will he be a little bit more spry running the football? Uh, we got a lot of questions that we need to get answered here ahead of this Monday night game in which one of these two teams will be 3-0. and But before we waste any more time... Let's get right into it. And joining me to talk about this game here on Monday night against the surprising 2-0 Tampa Bay Bucks is Trevor Sikama. He's the lead NFL draft analyst for Pro Football Focus. He's also co-host of the NFL Stock Exchange. Follow him on Twitter at Tampa Bay Trey. Trevor, welcome to Eye on the Enemy. It's our first time chatting. How are you, sir? John, I don't know what you're talking about, man. Tom Brady on the Buccaneers, like it's no, you know, it's no shock that they're too. Oh, okay, you're right. He retired. All right, great. Uh, no, it's 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 great to be on with you, man. It's great to uh, to finally link up and get to talk some ball, man. This is this is a fun matchup for me. It's a fun week because I have family uh, that lives in the Tampa area, as mm -hmm. my Twitter handle at Tampa Bay Trey would probably give away. But I also yeah. have very good family who is from the Philadelphia area. Ah. So this is a little bit of a family rivalry type of week. So, uh, okay. it's good to be with you, my friend. Not quite Eagles Cowboys, but in the Sikama household, getting close with, it, it with, is, with this one. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Sikama okay. household doesn't really give a crap about Cowboys. <laughs> so it's a little bit bigger yeah. from our side. I'm just trying to put it into a context. My, my fellow people would understand, um, right. as, as we get ready 
ready to chat here. So, um, yeah, I, I got to say, it, it's it's interesting that the the move from Tom Brady to Baker Mayfield. As I was as I was looking at the Buccaneers during the offseason, I was looking at this team, and I I was down on Tampa. I mean, when you go from the greatest of all time to a guy who I think you could generously call a journeyman quarterback, he has not just this hasn't been able to build off of an encouraging start to his career, really up and down. I think most people, I certainly see him, I think is probably a more effective backup quarterback long-term than a, a playoff starting quarterback. But he's got Tampa Bay off to a 2-0 and record here. And so just off the jump, I mean, what has the transition been like from, from Tom, who was clearly, you know, on the down slope last year, but still had all those passing yards, still had a pretty good season throwing the football, to Baker Mayfield? Yeah, and and here's the thing with with the context of that because it, it obviously there's a ton that goes into this transition from Tom Brady to Baker Mayfield and where they are now. But you know Brady really wasn't bad last year. I, the, the the problem with the Bucks offense was genuinely one their offensive line was hurt, losing Ryan Jensen in training camp and then not having him for the entire year that really hurt them on the interior, especially just a year after losing Ali Marpet to uh, retirement and then Alex Kappa who signed in free agency with the Cincinnati Bengals. So their offensive line was not where it needed to be. The offensive coordinator connection with the quarterback, Byron Leftwich and Tom Brady also completely soured. I mean, that was mm -hmm. something that was very evident as the games went on. Brady was not happy with the plays as they were being called. Uh, and he did not trust his offensive line. So he never held on to the ball long enough for plays to actually develop to get the ball to a lot of these playmakers like Chris Godwin, like Mike Evans, like the other guys. Um, and he just didn't trust the offensive line. This year's a little bit different. Of course, the offensive line, it's still a work in progress, but I would say Mayfield's willingness to hang in the pocket, hang tough, if you will, and allow those playmakers to get open down the field, that's been a big difference in a positive direction from what we saw from last year. I'll also shout out the new offensive coordinator because it's not Byron Leftwich. It is Dave Canales, who is calling plays for the first time, comes over, was the quarterback's coach with the Seattle Seahawks, but he was never a play caller. They love his offensive mind over there, but he was never a play caller. Now he's getting his first shot to be a play caller, and the chemistry's been great. You know, of course, I'll admit Vikings and Bears, not exactly the stiffest competition <laughs> to get yourself at 2-0, and but they're playing well, man. They're playing very confident, and Baker does seem like to he, – he feels like the best version of what we have seen over the last couple of years because it's been very sporadic. There's been nothing mm -hmm. consistent about Baker Mayfield since he has gotten into the league for whatever reason. You could say part of that's on him, part of that's on his situation, and you'd be right on both accounts. But here in Tampa to start things off, he looks confident. Um, he looks to be in a rhythm and a good chemistry with his offense coordinator. Of course, he's still got good passing weapons to throw the ball to. So that's what yields to me this 2-0 start for that offense. And, and so how much confidence do you think the fan base has right now in Mayfield and the team coming into a game against the Eagles? It's at home on Monday Night Football, but against the team that uh, went to, represented the NFC in the Super Bowl last year. I guess, how, how much are Tampa fans believing in this 2-0 record, given that the Vikings and the Bears were their first two opponents and the Bears seem to be going through some, some kind of existential crisis right now? Yeah, I think it's a little bit irrational faith for <laughs> the level that they have. But, you know, of course, every fan base is going to love when their team starts very well. And the Buccaneers have been playing really well. And I think that, you know, you really start to figure out how much a fan base or how much a coaching staff, whatever it is, believes in the players when they start to struggle. And we really haven't seen that, right? Everything seems to be pretty much going according to plan for this team. 
we knew that a Todd Bowles defense was still going to be stout. I mean, whether mm-hmm. or not you believe that he can be a longtime head coach in this league, I think that is still up for debate. But know the defensive side of the football? Yeah, Bowles has known it about as well as anybody, especially over the last half decade. So you knew the defense was going to play really well, and they have. Um, but yeah, I think that the fans have a ton of confidence in where this offense is going. Now, of course, you are welcoming in a team, like you mentioned, that won the NFC Championship last year, that was very close to winning a Super Bowl last year, and is just straight up one of the most complete teams in the entire league. And so I think people even look at the Philadelphia Eagles and their good start to this season and say, yeah, they haven't even played their best football yet. So you mm-hmm. know, I think that there's a lot of results that could happen, as is often the case when you're talking about any games that are early on in the season. But Bucks fans are confident that maybe not for sure win this game, but at least give themselves a chance. And three weeks ago, I don't know how many Bucks fans would have told you that they would have had a chance against the Philadelphia Eagles. And at least a lot of them think they got a chance now. Yeah, I mean, certainly, I think uh, before these last two games, you you could have easily seen the the point spread on this thing be like eight or nine points, uh, maybe even maybe even double digits with the Eagles on the right. road. That's how, you know, that that's how the the talent disparity between these two teams certainly it looked like on paper coming into the season. But uh, you know, Todd Bowles, you mentioned he's pretty, he's a he could be a, a pretty interesting equalizer here. We remember the last time that Todd Bowles's defense uh, here in Tampa uh, played uh, the Eagles and Jalen Hurts was in the 2021 playoffs, where he really stifled Jalen Hurts. Now, yeah. of course, that was Hurts's full first full season as the starter and was still kind of learning the game. We saw Hurts take a big leap last year in terms of his ability to process. But uh, one of the things that we do know is that Hurts has a little bit of trouble with the blitz and the Eagles themselves have trouble picking up blitzes specifically with the running back so as far as what Todd Bowles is planning for this offense do you anticipate him doing kind of what we saw New England do and uh and Minnesota do in the first two weeks to really pressure the quarterback bring a lot of heat extra blitzers on on Jalen Hurts here yeah that's Todd Bowles identity so so that's that's definitely going to be a big part of what he does and you know going back to something that, that you were saying there yeah, the last time the Bucks faced the Eagles in Tampa, it was Jalen Hurts, and Jalen Hurts has certainly, I would say, evolved since then, because he really has in so many ways. He's become an incredible player, but so has Devin White, actually, and I, mm-hmm. I, I'm a little hesitant because it's, it, it's, it's two games into this season, and we've got a long track record of Devin White not being really great in coverage, being too aggressive when it comes to his pursuit angles and things like that, but man, he's playing really well. Him and Levante David, once again, playing like one of the best linebacker duos in the NFL. And so I think that with Devin White playing well, with how athletic he is, that is such a chess piece in this game in particular, because you mentioned, you know, blitzing Jalen Hurts is one way to go about it, but another way is to continually keep that spy on him, right? Where you can play the coverage that you want on the back end because you trust a guy like Devin White to keep his eyes on Jalen Hurts. And Therefore, you know, Todd Bowles is somebody who they like to play a decent amount of man coverage, at least at their best, right? They like to pressure and then play man on the back, and they've got the athletes to do it. Certainly if Carlton Davis can go in this game, and he's been injured, he's been banged up with a toe injury, but uh, he was a limited participation early in this week in practice, so the hope is that he can go on Monday night. When you've got him, when you've got uh, Jamel Dean on the other side, Christian Eisen, who is an undrafted rookie that they're playing in the slot, who has got a ton of confidence right now, and then on the back end, you got a smart dude like Ryan Neal playing the box safety role. And then you've got Antoine Winfield Jr., who's one of the best free safeties in the NFL. That kind of a secondary allows you to be really aggressive in what you do, especially to play a lot of man coverage. Well, mm-hmm. when you play a lot of man coverage, 
and you're going up against a quarterback that can really hurt you with his legs, that's sometimes a tough combination for a defense because you don't want these defenders playing man coverage with their back to the ball and their back yeah. to the quarterback because then the quarterback's just going to, whether it's, it passes down the field or even these smaller runs for four or five, six yards, that's going to be things that keep the defense on the field, that keep the offense going. When you have an athlete linebacker like Devin White who can really close the gap on wherever Jalen Hurts is going as long as he's not being super over-aggressive in how he approaches that, that can be a major chess piece in what Todd Bowles wants to do. So to me, that's the biggest matchup. Is Devin White going to be reliable enough in coverage over the middle along with Levante David? And then is he going to be consistent enough and disciplined enough in how he contains Jalen Hurts to allow the rest of the defense to kind of go about it the way that Todd Bowles likes to go about it, playing aggressive in coverage and letting those athletes be the ones to take those guys one-on-one. There's not many teams in the NFL mm-hmm. that would dare this Eagles pass-catching group to do that, but I yeah. do think Tampa is one of them. Yeah, and, and I think the Eagles passing offense, everybody here in Philadelphia is talking about how uneven it's been so far. They just haven't really been able to sustain anything in the passing game. Now, a lot of that can be argued with the fact that Bill Belichick spent an entire offseason game planning for the first week of the season against the Eagles, right, and he's got right. a very good defense. And and then Minnesota last week just did a bunch of really crazy stuff. They were either rushing three guys and dropping eight into coverage, or they were bringing six guys every time. And so it was definitely, it's been a, a weird first couple of weeks, but the Eagles last week decided to rely on the running game, and DeAndre Swift obviously had a monster game taking what the defense gave them. And I think that's one of the things that you see here is that they held uh, Justin Fields last week, the the uh, Tampa Bay did, uh, and really held him in check running running the football. Jalen Hurts hasn't really looked to take off running the football so far. So we're kind of sitting back wondering what Jalen Hurts we're going to see here on, on Monday night. But one thing about this offense is they seem to take whatever the defense is willing to give them and make it hurt. So last week it was running the it was the running backs, so specifically DeAndre Swift. But it could just as well this week be AJ Brown, Devontae Smith, Dallas Goddard, as you mentioned. If he had to take one specific thing away, what is the one thing, one area of the Eagles offense you think Todd Bowles would prioritize? I mean, I think that he would tell you that it's it it's the ground game that that is that is first and foremost whether it is Jalen Hurts on the ground or whether it is the rest of those backs out of the backfield like containing what the Eagles do rushing the football um and challenging them to get the ball deeper down the field to their receivers I think that's going to be the order of operations for them and that's kind of a duh right that's where football starts it's if if a team can run the football they're going to continually do that right at least the smart (laughs) smart ones do if they don't have to risk the ball or by passing it over and over and over again, that's what they're going to do. And so the Eagles, I think over the last couple of years, have proven that certainly the offensive line that they've built in front of them and then the backs that they have out of the backfield are capable of being a really great rushing team. Now, Tampa, I was just looking this up, their EPA per play when it comes to um, EPA allowed per rush is fifth best in the NFL right now. Like this is a team that's pretty stout in stopping the run and Vita Vey is having a really great start to the year and of course I think it all starts with what he does at the nose but they've also got some bigger stronger guys you know like Logan Hall I think if he's going to have a bread and butter on this team it's going to be in run defense William Golston's a veteran run defender Shaq Barrett's a good run defender for as much as he is a, uh, a sack artist as well and then you've got Levante David's experience behind him and then Devin White's athleticism so it's been a really great pairing of front and then also the linebackers for how Tampa has defended the run. But I think that's what it's going to be first and foremost. They're going to say, hey, we're going to take away 
the easy part of the game. And we're basically going to challenge you to do what is more difficult. Now, it helps when you got Devontae Smith and A.J. Brown to throw the ball to. But again, Tampa's got a lot of trust in the corners that they have in Jamel Dean and certainly Carlton Davis if he goes too. So I think that will probably be where that game plan starts and how it evolves from there. That chess match, if you will, uh, we'll have to see how it plays out. Yeah, what is Carlton Davis's uh, health situation for this week? Is he going to play? So, you know, it's it, it, earlier in the week, he was a limited participation with that toe injury. So it seems like, with especially with the extra day, people are leaning on him playing. Uh, and so that that's where I would lean as well. You know he doesn't want to miss this matchup. You know he's very important for it. So the fact that he was a limited participant right away makes me feel like he's going to be able to go, especially with that extra day of rest. So um, don't hold me to it, but I, <laughs> okay. I do think that he is going to play. All right, flipping the field here, I want to talk a little bit about uh, Tampa's offense against this Eagles defense. And this Eagles defense is still kind of a mystery because Sean Desai has had a lot of injuries that he's had to deal with. And we still, I don't know, we haven't seen Sean Desai's defense fully optimized and we haven't really been able to get a sense of what he, what his identity is a, as a defense. One one of the things you do know is that this defensive line is going to eat. And and we've seen the defensive tackles, especially in the middle of the, of the defensive line, really generate a ton of pressure on the quarterback. And you've got the, the edge rushers. Josh, Josh Sweat is off to a ridiculous start to the season here. Um, it seems as though this would be a huge matchup in the Eagles' favor uh, against a, a Tampa offensive line, which you mentioned earlier is improving. But uh, certainly, this is this may be the best defensive line in football, if not the best. It's certainly one of the top three or five. How do you see Tampa's offensive line holding up? Yeah, this is the tough one, right? To me, this is the game breaker for Tampa because their interior offensive line doesn't have much star power to it. Now, they've been fine so far, but they really don't have a lot of star power in the middle of their offensive line. It's it's inexperienced guys. It's players who are starting for the first time. And so it, 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 it's kind of tough for them in there. And when you look at the Eagles, specifically along the interior defensive line, this is something that I had looked up. You know, they're top 10 in pressures for interior defensive linemen, pass rush win percentage for defensive linemen, pass rush grade for interior defensive linemen. And so it's not a great recipe for the Buccaneers. It, it is really a... You better play your best game because they got some really talented interior defensive linemen and, like you mentioned, just defensive linemen overall that are coming for you. So that is going to be the biggest game breaker for me in this one because it's not that you're going to neutralize what Philadelphia does. The team's too good. They're going to get pressure on you. So it's kind of mitigating how often that happens and then also, how does Baker Mayfield play against true pressure? Because though it hasn't been perfect for him, it hasn't been Philadelphia Eagles defensive line kind of tough for him. So this is a different kind of animal that they're going to be facing for the first time. And uh, I really do think that this is something that uh, could make or break the game. So in, bearing that in mind, how do you see the offense attacking this defense? Because the soft underbelly of the Eagles is at linebacker with N'Kobe Dean out, and N'Kobe Dean was unproven in his second year to begin with, but certainly a, an athletic player who they really liked a whole lot. Um, there, there's not a lot there at linebacker, and Reed Blankenship will be back at safety, but even with Reed Blankenship, the Eagles had some issues in week one. Uh, James Bradbury will be back uh, in, in the in the backfield to pair up with Darius Slay. So, uh, you know, you look at the, the Bucks wide receivers. Mike Evans had a huge game in week two, 171 yards on six catches. He'll likely match up against Darius Slay. Chris Godwin is still around. He had a solid game in week two. He'll go up against 
against Bradbury. Avante Maddox, the slot corner, is out for the year, so they have an undrafted free agent, Mario Goodrich, who's going to be uh, getting the start there. So the two Bucks, the Bucks' two best wide receivers are matched up against two of the best cornerbacks in the league, but there's all this area in the middle of the field that it feels like could be there for the taking. So I guess how do you if your Tampa's offense manage these matchups in a way to try and get the ball down the field? Is it four yards at a chunk, five yards, six yards at a chunk, or with the occasional deep shot? Or are you trying to stretch the field a little bit? No, I think, I don't know how many deep shots they're going to get in this game. And if they're deep shots, I think they're going to be like, they're going to be like deep in routes over the middle with Chris Godwin. You know, I think mm-hmm. Chris Godwin has been a master at attacking over the middle since he has come into the league. And so I think that that's going to be a big part of his game plan. I don't expect this to be a big Mike Evans game. You know, he's either going to get Bradbury or he's going to get Darius Slay. And so it's, it, it's like, okay, I, I just don't, sure. He's going to get catches in this game. I'm not saying that he's going to put up a donut, but yeah. I think that he's going to be less of the game plan. He's going to be more of a distraction. He's going to run a lot more of the routes that are getting these other guys open because Chris Godwin, I think, is going to be a heavy part of this game plan. I think he's going to lead the team in targets this upcoming week. But I also feel like Trey Palmer, their uh, their rookie this year out of Nebraska, is going to get a lot of work because his speed is something that they have really tried to utilize. Some weeks they're utilizing him as a deep threat vertically down the field, and I'm sure they will get him involved a little bit in that way or at least try to. But I think more of the underneath stuff, the over the middle, the mesh concepts, you know, the quick slants, those Mm. things are where Palmer could really succeed in this upcoming game. So uh, I I do agree with you. That is where it feels like if you're going to attack this Philadelphia Eagles defense, you kind of got to do it over the middle. Um, And you also have to do it quickly. I mentioned if you're getting pressure quickly from the interior defensive line group, then you got to get the ball out quick because <laughs> that's yeah. the that's the shortest distance to the quarterback. So yeah. that's why I think it's going to be, I think you're going to see a lot of quick passes to Trey Palmer in this game. If he ends up with the second most targets behind Chris Godwin, I wouldn't be shocked. So I think that that's probably how they're going to try to attack him. They're going to use Palmer's speed and his quickness uh, to create that early separation to get the ball in his hands pretty easily. And that's really the only way to move the ball against this Eagles defense is to get the ball out of the quarterback's hand as quickly as possible. And the Eagles, unfortunately, with their with their uh, the, the way they sag in the middle of the field and just not able to they're just not able to cover guys in the middle of the field. They they give those routes away a lot of times where it's easy for for, for some stretches, but they they tend to firm up uh, once you get inside the red zone. Last week, notwithstanding Kirk. Kirk Cousins throws for four touchdowns, uh, but a lot of that was in garbage time. The Eagles got up twenty-seven to seven. It was kind of a a weird fourth quarter there uh, against the Vikings in in week one. And I know Tampa has uh, played a weird game against uh, the Vikings in in week one as well, with all the turnovers that that Minnesota had. And again, Chicago last week. What a bizarre situation going on there with the Bears. So uh, both of these teams have have not played juggernauts here through the first two weeks, yet both sit here at 2-0. and So as we come into this game here on Monday Night Football, obviously recent history with Todd Bowles against the Eagles and Jalen Hurts, pretty good. Tampa has some talent. Uh, they're feeling pretty good about themselves. But how do you see things shaking out on Monday night? Yeah, I do think that Philadelphia is going to win this one. Um, I, I think that they should, at least. And this is going to be a closer game than I may have given it credit for, like I said, a couple of weeks ago. But... When you look at these two teams, it feels as though Tampa is playing as good as they possibly can, and it's got them to 2-0, and and it feels like the Eagles are not playing as good as they possibly can, and they're sitting here at 2-0. Yeah. So, you know, it being in Tampa, it being on the road, I think it tips it in their advantage a little bit, and um, 
I think this will be a fun close game. At least it should. Unless Tampa really falls apart, I do, I do think this should be a fun close game. Uh, I think Todd Bowles will certainly have his defense ready for whatever the Eagles are going to try to throw at him. So I think it's going to be a close one, but I do think that Philly's going to come out on top. Yeah, the Eagles got spoiled last year with how easily it seemed they they went through their schedule. And, uh, you know, they're 2-0, and but uh, it's it's a Philly sports talk radio and Philly podcaster's dream. You know, you're 2-0 and and nobody ha- nobody's happy. There's still a lot to talk about. So you can still be grumpy and still have a 2-0 and team. It's the best of both worlds there uh, here in Philadelphia. Well, folks, uh, make sure you're reading everything that Trevor Sikama is doing over at PFF. Follow him on Twitter at Tampa Bay Trey and catch his podcast, the NFL Stock Exchange. Trevor, thanks for coming on Eye on the Enemy, man. I really appreciate it. John, I appreciate it, man. Anytime. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity, but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. All right, well, I'm going to make my prediction here in just a second. But first, how are you, the fans, feeling about this game? SB Nation, generally speaking, will ask the fan bases what they think about the games going into them. And according to SB Nation Reacts, Tampa fans feeling pretty good. 71% of Bucks fans believe the team can beat the Eagles in Week 3. In terms of Eagles fans, 8 in 10 of you are confident that the team is headed in the right direction. I got to say, I think that number is higher than I thought. I know we have been, many have been disappointed a little bit in how the team has performed so far here in the first couple of weeks. But as Jalen Hurts said this week in his uh, weekly news conference, a win's a win, man. It does, you, don't, you don't get extra points for style. You get those you get those W's against the teams that you play and early in the season you're adjusting and we're dealing with some injuries here. And again, I think the defenses that Jalen Hurts was looking at were so odd and so off the wall. And a piece I wrote for Bleeding Green Nation here is that the most important thing about this team, the identity of this Philadelphia Eagles team, is they just win. They figure out a way 
Sometimes they have to really struggle against a team like the Colts last year and figure out a way. They have to kind of stumble through two and a half, three quarters of a game against the Houston Texans like they did last year and find a way. They got to find a way against a, a depleted New York Giants team in the last week of the season to get that number one seed in the in the NFC. But they find a way. They find a way when a team takes away the passing game by dropping eight guys into coverage, the offensive coordinator and the head coach are, are not so bullheaded enough. They're not so bullheaded that they can't change things up and just go with what's working. And DeAndre Swift going to get 27 carries today? Was that in the game plan? Absolutely not. But it's what was working. Stick with what's working. It's the, it's the thing that most coaches managers, whatever sport gets them in trouble. They start overthinking things. They galaxy brain things instead of just going with what's working in that particular moment. Now, sometimes you need to make a change. Sometimes you need to adjust. And that happened last Thursday night against Minnesota. And for any criticism that Brian Johnson is getting, and it's probably deserved in many cases at this point, you also have to give that guy credit for recognizing, hey, the game plan wasn't working. Let's chuck it and let's go with what's what is doing the job. And this team, when they even with, whether they're playing great, whether they're playing poorly, generally speaking, finds a way to get the job done. They almost did it in the Super Bowl, despite Jonathan Gannon costing them the game and the slippery field and everything else. The the referee with that call at the end of the game, they almost figured out a way. They find a way to win. Jalen Hurts is a winner. I have never in my life had more confidence in any Philadelphia Eagles quarterback than I do Jalen Hurts. I think he's a, I really am starting to believe he's a transformational player. That even when he doesn't play well, this team finds a way to win because of him. And all that stuff on the sideline with A.J. Brown, gets, that stuff gets way overblown. These guys get into it on the sidelines. This isn't T.O. and Donovan McNabb. A.J. Brown's not a bad guy. He and Jalen Hurts are good friends. Good friends will get at each other on the sideline. I don't know what they're encouraging or they're you're sniping at each other. Whatever it is. Guys' emotions get high during the course of a game. Frustration happens. Do we really believe that there's going to be any kind of inner turmoil in that, in that locker room with Jalen Hurts as its leader? Not on your life. This team just finds a way to win. And I think... Maybe that feeling is permeating among the fan base, and that's why 80% of Eagles fans in this poll are confident the team is headed in the right direction. So coming into this game, the Eagles are healthier than they were in week two. They've had some extra time to rest. Uh, they do have to go into Minnesota, but they've had the longer layoff. It's kind of like a mini bye week uh, going into Tampa to take on Todd Bowles. And so we hope those extra days uh, help, are helping Brian Johnson get ready for a defensive coordinator that knows how to shut down good offenses. And I think if Todd Bowles wants to stuff the box with eight guys and try and stop DeAndre Swift and stop the Eagles running attack, the Tampa Bay defense, as you heard, has some good has some good secondary players, but A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith are dominant players. They are dominant players. They can win those matchups. Dallas Goddard, I think, can have a big game this week as well. If they come to stop the run and they're all, you know, they, they're putting their guys in man coverage and they're daring Jalen Hurts to throw, Jalen Hurts is going to throw the football. And he's going to break out of the pocket and he's going to start running the football. I think this week you see Jalen Hurts make a concerted effort to run the football early. I think you could be looking at something like 60 rushing yards in the first half from Jalen Hurts, maybe a, maybe a rushing touchdown. And then I think that opens things up as they start to 
as they start to play less man maybe and start to go a little bit more zone to keep their eyes on Jalen Hurts, that's going to open things up for A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith. And uh, maybe Quez Watkins gets into the act with a deep one. And I think the Eagles will pull away in this game. I think it could be pretty ugly, pretty close for a little while, kind of like last week's game against the Vikings. I think the injuries are what made that game close. The Eagles really should have just coasted after they had a 27-7 lead and won it going away. The defense, I think, will be a little bit better, and I think they're going to make Baker Mayfield's life miserable. I don't think we're going to see Mayfield have a very good game here. I think in the end, it's going to be something along the lines of 31 to 17. The Eagles coming out on top and moving to 3-0 on the season. All right, everybody, that's going to do it for this edition of Eye on the Enemy. And we have got your Eagles content covered at Bleeding Green Nation and here on the podcast feed. So check out all the podcasts we have for you here uh, over these next few days leading up to the game. And of course, any late-breaking news, rumors, or notes heading into this game on Monday night, bleedinggreennation.com is the place to find them. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. I'll talk to you next week right here on Eye on the Enemy. Yeah.